0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from PNC Park in Pittsburgh. It's the Cleveland Indians six, the Pittsburgh Pirates 1. The Cleveland Indians take the second game of this series behind a great pitching performance from Aaron Savali, who throws a complete game. We will get to all the details on Savali's start. And then a little bit later, we'll break down what's the difference a day makes. What's the difference between what Carlos Carrasco did struggling yesterday and what Aaron Savali did to succeed against basically the same lineup a day later and throw a complete game? I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And I got to admit to you that I was actually working really late last night. I worked till about 11 p.m. last night. So I was listening to the game. I was catching highlights. I had to do my homework and get caught up on the game last night because you know what? Sometimes you just got to work. And for the Indians, boy, I'll tell you, for the first five innings, I did not miss a lot. This game is 0-0 going into the sixth inning. Now, there are a few things worth noting. For the Pirates, it's not much until the ninth inning. They did not get a runner to second base on Savali until the ninth inning. For the Indians, uh, the one play before the scoring starts is definitely worth calling out is the top of the fifth inning. Fermil Reyes singles to lead off the inning. Jordan Luplo then singles. Fermil Reyes goes to third. We got runners on first and third. Nobody out, and you're definitely feeling like this is the point in the game where the Indians are going to break it open, put some runs on the board, and finally start supporting Savale. They're going still against the starter, Steven Brault, who we'll talk about in a second. Domingo Santana comes up and smashes a ball up the middle, smashes it right into the glove of Steven Brault, who easily turns and flips the ball to first base, and Jordan Luplow's doubled up. It was one of those things where, uh, you know, later in the game, one of the announcers said that baseball's a game of inches. They said that in the ninth inning. We all know football is the game of inches. Baseball is more a game of mojo luck more a game of just these huge momentum swings that you can't control. You can't see coming. You can square up a ball so perfectly and then place that ball directly into the glove of the pitcher standing in front of you. I mean, that's not inches. That's just, that's just luck, right? That's out of your control. That's a higher, the baseball gods right there. So, Domingo Santana thought he had a shot up the middle, thought he was going to score the first run of the game. Instead, they double him up, and then Roberto, Roberto Perez grounds out. We still had a runner on third, but Roberto Perez grounds out to end the threat. All right. Top of the sixth inning. Delano DeShield. They bring in Deve- – oh, boy. Here we go. DeVidas Neverasquez. There we go. That was pretty close, right? You would give me credit on that one. He gets the line of the Shields to pop out, start the inning, but then Cesar Hernandez doubles on a line drive to left field. All right, Cesar Hernandez getting things going. He actually had himself a pretty good day. What's the Cesar Hernandez promise? Get on base two times in a game? He was on base twice. That double and two walks. So he doubles. Jose Ramirez walks. Now we got runners on first and second. Francisco Lindor strikes out swinging. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And then with runners on first and second, Carlos Santana comes up, works a full count, gets a, look like maybe a cut fastball that was supposed to be down and in. Instead, it cut right back down the middle of the plate, and he crushes it out to right field, put it like two rows from going out of the park. I think yesterday we saw Josh Bell hit a foul ball that ended up in the Allegheny River. Well, Carlos Santana came two rows from putting a ball in the Allegheny River himself. This just seems like these home runs are just flying off the bat. Is it because there's nobody in the stands? Does that change the airflow in these stadiums without, you know, 20,000 people there? I, I don't know. It feels different when these home runs are hit in these empty stadiums. So he crushes it out to right field. It's the support that Aaron Savale needs because he just continues to, I I not even gonna say mow down. These Pittsburgh Pirate hitters. He only had six strikeouts on the day, which, hey, ain't bad, but just keep them, man, keep them feeling uncomfortable at the plate, keep them guessing at what pitch was coming, keep painting the corners. Savale just kept dancing all night and they couldn't keep up with him. The Indians threatened again in the top of the seventh with a couple more walks Luplo walks, Roberto Perez walks, but more strikeouts and then Cesar Hernandez grounds out, ends that threat. We move all the way to the eighth inning. And Tyler Bashler comes in to pitch for Pittsburgh. And he did not have himself a good game. From the way Hamilton was calling it, it sounded like this guy had no idea if a pitch was going to be a strike or a ball. No clue where his pitches were going. And it was, a, it was a strange inning. He walks Jose Ramirez. With Francisco Lindor batting, Jose Ramirez steals second. All right. I like it. Aggressive on the base paths. This team needs a little more of that. Francisco Lindor, unfortunately, strikes out swinging. But with Carlos Santana banning, Jose Ramirez steals third with no throw. Totally caught him off guard. The pitcher was so focused on trying to find the strike zone that they completely ignored Jose Ramirez. He steals third now. Unfortunately, Carlos Santana strikes out swinging. Then, Famil Reyes walks. Okay, now we've had two walks, and we've had two strikeouts. Tyler Naquin pinch hits. And he walks. So now we've had three walks and two strikeouts from Tyler Bachelor. They have a mound visit. They try to talk, you know, calm him down. On the second pitch against Domingo Santana, who took the first pitch. It missed wildly. It was 1-0. Takes the second pitch. Gets a fastball in the zone. It wasn't a hard hit ball. But Domingo Santana gets his revenge from that fifth inning when he should have had an RBI, this time he just hits a dribbler that sneaks past the third base back. I mean, it rolls all the way into the left field corner. So it's a hard-hit dribbler, but, I mean, it was still just it was just a ground ball. It just snuck its way through, and that's what we're talking about, right? The baseball gods, the mojo, the luck. This one finds its way through, and everybody comes around to score. Tyler Naquin comes all the way around from first. We know that guy knows how to hustle. Scores, three runs more on the board. Now the Indians are up six to nothing. And the way Aaron Savale was pitching, you knew that was all he needed. I mean, Hamilton in the seventh inning was already calling this a complete game shutout. Unfortunately, he misses the shutout. Cole Tucker does hit a double to lead off the ninth inning as a pinch hitter. He gets Adam Frazier to line out to Lindor. So you're thinking, okay, he, they leave Savalle in, right? There was no way Sandy Alomar was taking Savalle out of this game. He was going for his first complete game in his major league career. His first complete game shutout. Kevin Newman singles on a line drive to right field. I thought that was going to score the run. I guess Naquin came up with that ball fast. They hold Cole Tucker at third. And then Josh Bell hits a deep fly ball out to right. I'm sure off the bat Savale thought, Well, there goes three runs, but it dies on the warning track. Tyler Naquin makes the catch. Cole Tucker does tag and come in to score. You think, okay, he gave up the shutout. Is he going to take Savali out now? No, Sandy stuck with his guy. Let him stay out there and fight and finish the game. Roberto Perez went out and talked to him, and then they get Colin Moran to fly out. It was deep to center field to end the game and get the complete game shutout for Aaron Savali. His line on the day, nine innings pitched, five hits, one earned run, no walks, and six strikeouts. He only threw 109 pitches in nine innings. That that was what made this start so impressive. It was his efficiency. I mean, 109 pitches in nine innings, you're averaging just over 12 pitches an inning which is fantastic. There were, it didn't feel like there were any huge innings where he got really deep into accounts, where guys were fouling things off, where he led a couple guys on base. When you don't walk anybody, that happens. Average 12 pitches. The efficiency on this performance is incredible. And maybe it's Roberto Perez being back behind the mound. Um, he said that the guy, in the post-game interviews, Perez said the guys were calling him, saying, we need you back, we got to have you back. So having him back behind the behind the plate definitely makes a difference for our pitchers. He was talking about how Savali had gotten away from his fastball and he was encouraging him. You gotta throw more fastballs, kid. And that's what he did. He got him to throw. It's that two-seam fastball that comes back over the inside corner of the plate against lefties. It comes in on righties. It's an incredible pitch. The movement is fantastic. They were talking last night, calling him a, a young uh, Greg Maddox. So uh if that's if that's what Aaron is projecting is, that I think all Indians fans will say, yeah, we'll take that. Hall of Fame pitcher, if he if he's mimicking, you know, those types of pitches, throwing that two seam fastball like Greg Maddox did, we'll take that. I'd like to see a Greg Maddox career out of Aaron Savali. All right, so we talked about the difference a day makes. So what is the difference between what Carrasco did yesterday and what Savali was doing today? I'm going to start first with the plate discipline numbers, and it's numbers we've talked about before on this show. I thought that's where the answer might be. I was a little bit surprised. The first number we're going to look at is the Z swing percentage. Now, that's the percentage of pitches a batter swings at inside the strike zone. For Carlos Carrasso last night, 85% of the pitches that he threw in the strike zone, they were swinging at. Last night for Aaron Savali, 60. percent 75%. You want to talk about a difference. That, mean these guys, that means these guys are taking pitches in the strike zone. Their swing percentage, the total pitches that they swung at last night was 50% against Savale. Against Carrasco, it was 53%. So not that big a difference. What about the contact they were making? They made 71% contact on Carlos Carrasco last night. And then against Savali, in this great pitching performance, they actually made 78% contact against him, which means they were hitting the ball, but they weren't doing anything with it. He actually got nine ground outs and seven flyouts to go along with those six strikeouts. So these guys are pounding the ball into the ground, or they're popping it up against him. All right, what about first pitch strikes? First pitch strikes are crucial to a good start. Carlos Carrasco was only at 52% last night. Aaron Savali was at 64.5% on his first pitch strikes. That's, re- that's pretty good. It's actually not the best he's been. Against Detroit in his last performance, he was at 77.8% first pitch strikes. So he was actually mixing things up a little bit more tonight. All right, so that's what the swing percentages are telling us the difference is between the starts. Let's look at where they were throwing those pitches because I brought up the heat map and this is, I think where the real difference is. So last two nights ago for Carlos Carrasco, 11% of his pitches were right down the middle of the plate. 8.8% were middle left. So this is the pitcher view. So inside to left-handed pitchers outside of right-handed pitchers, but still in the strike zone and at the middle, very hittable pitches. Where was he missing? He was missing down into the left. 9.9% were way out into the left at the feet of left-handed pitchers, way outside of the zone to right-handed pit batters. 6.6% also down and st- over the plate, but still low. So he was definitely throwing down into that left corner. I'm guessing that's where all those sliders ended up, where maybe some of those changeups ended up, and he was missing bad. And the left-handed batters were laying off. The right-handed batters were laying off those outside pitches. And he was walking, guys. Now, he threw 91 pitches. So it's pretty comparable. Now, Aaron Savali, in his 109 pitches that he threw a night ago, it is all on the edges of the strike zone. 11% of his pitches were down and on the edge of the zone. 9.2% of his pitches were on the right edge of the zone, in on right-handed batters, Away from left-handed batters, and he was using the high, probably a high fastball here. 8.3% were at the top of the zone in the strike zone, though. 7.3% were up and into right-handed batters and in the strike zone. It's all it's mostly blue around the edges of the plate and in, you know, outside the strike zone. So he was throwing strikes. He was putting it in there, but he was painting the edges of that plate. Only 5.5%. He threw only six pitches that were actually considered down the middle of the plate. So there you go. You want to see the difference a day makes. Aaron Savali commanding those pitches, painting the edges, coming inside against right-handed batters, painting the outside edge against left-handed batters. I know he threw a couple of good two-seam fastballs on the inside edge. He does have 5.5% of his pitches to the middle into to left-handed batters, to down and into left-handed batters. So I'm guessing that's that two-seam fastball that it was breaking back over the plate. But he was staying away from the middle and painting the edges. So checking out the heat map, that is the difference a day makes. Looking at the rest of the box score, Cesar Hernandez, a good game, on base three times. Jose Ramirez is struggling to hit, but he's walking. He's doing the old Carlos Santana routine, so he walks twice and scores two runs. Lindor was 0 for 5, three strikeouts, six left on base, and he grounded into two double plays. So in five at-bats, he's got two double plays and three strikeouts. I'm sorry, that's just a killer. That is a killer in the three-hole in this lineup. And I said it a few days ago, I am still leading the train. I'm still conducting the train. You, you, When a guy was struggling, you would think move him down in the lineup. I'm saying show confidence and move him back up in the lineup. Have him lead off. I think it would change his approach. Last night, he was squaring up the bunt just to take a look at pitches. You know, who knows if he was actually going to bunt. Uh... You know, they were. Andre Knott was saying it's something that he's done in the past just to get a good look, to stop himself from swinging at bad pitches and take a good look at the pitcher and what's coming. It's almost like tracking pitches in spring training where you don't swing. So. Yeah, struggling Santana with the big home run, three RBIs, and a couple of hits spread out for the lower part of the lineup, including Domingo Santana's huge three-run double in the eighth inning. Domingo Santana gets his revenge against the baseball gods, but MVP for a day has to go to Aaron Savale. He moves the three and two on the season. He gets his first major league complete game. No walks and six strikeouts. It's just a beautiful pitching performance from Aaron Savale. So there you go. That is what went down last night. We are going to finish this series against Pittsburgh, and it's a Shane Bieber day. You know that's exciting. You know we're probably going to be talking about curveballs and strikeouts. He's going up against Williams for the Pirates. So we will see what the Indians could do because guess what? They're a half game back out of first place. Minnesota 16 and nine, and the Indians are on their heels at 15 and nine. The run differential is way up there. We're at plus 29 on the run differential now. We're on a five-game winning streak, and we are feeding off of the lower levels of Major League Baseball right now. Right, Detroit and Pittsburgh. You know, nobody had these guys projected for the playoffs. Pittsburgh is four and 16. They're the worst record in Major League Baseball right now, and we got our ace on the mound and I want to see a sweep. So we will see you. It's a night game tonight, 7 o'clock game. Shane Bieber, let's go Tribe. That's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Again, the final from Pittsburgh. It's the Indians 6, the Pirates 1. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.